but there could be more to the case than meets the eye. Kids files. That's it.
Two decades that meets the eye. 
going on guys still provided here for another video be sure to like comment and subscribe for more as we currently growing the channel uh be sure to check out yesterday's video that we did on africans versus black americans uh we have another video tomorrow um wait let me go ahead and check my fucking page so we got a video tomorrow for uh, misunderstandings and the definition of nerds in 2020. Uh, so shout out to uh, Rocky, because it was actually Rocky that originally gave me that topic um, to cover. I think he gave me that a long time ago, actually, uh, back in uh, maybe August, September. And I never got to it because I, I had to do some other uh, videos and stuff. But I, I finally had some time to do it. So that's going to be tomorrow. Um, at 4 p.m. I think four yeah 4 p.m. Central Time, and that's going to be a open panel. So um, for people who are who I've emailed, you can come on, and also people in the chat, you're also welcome to come on that one uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central. And don't forget, we got the interview with Space Ghost from um, the Pooh and Space podcast on Friday. So definitely look up, uh, looking forward to that um, to interview uh, Space Ghost. And also, don't forget, we're available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher as well. So uh, we're here with Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence has been on, you might have seen him, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen him on Aegon's channel. You've seen him on Eisensama's channel. Um, so you shouldn't be too surprised that he's, he's he, this is his first time on an art pill. So uh, shout out to Lawrence. I uh, appreciate you coming aboard. Uh, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, especially considering what the topic is. It's always fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, on the my channel, we be uh, talking about um, all types of things. So anytime I get to talk a nerd out with uh, on a video, it's always fucking uh, like my refresh, uh, refreshing. So shout out to the people that came in early. Uh, Jared, what's going on? Eisen, of course, what's going on? Ella Grande, what's going on? AKA the Ice Cream Man, what's going on? Blah, blah, what's going on? Peace to blah, blah, and the people that came in early. I know there's a lot of fucking streams coming. I know there's a lot of streams right now going on, so I uh, appreciate you guys who came in uh, early. So uh, on uh, on uh, Eisen's channel, um, he does, Eisen does um, animated film reviews uh, every now and then on weekends. I think he's doing one this Saturday. Uh, with Deathstroke, um, I still need to finish that movie. But uh, Lawrence here mentioned something that was quite uh, interesting. I was like, "Huh?" He mentioned he started bringing up comic books, and then he started bringing up like he had uh, one of the biggest comic book collections ever. And I was like, um, 
nigga, really? I mean, you're just gonna you're gonna tell me now? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've started doing content since like like earlier in the summer. You're gonna like you you tell me now this late in October? Like, hello, nerd pill. I mean, what the hell? Like, that's some shit you could have told me earlier. I'm like, nigga, like, I mean, that's why, like I said, man, you can't underestimate. I know we're all avatars and shit, but cannot underestimate these niggas. Like sometimes they be <laughs> unlocking, unlocking fucking content. I'm like, yo, nigga, you should have told me this months ago. Like, what the hell? It's like, a, uh, dude, it's, like it's, it's like a video game, man. You got to get to the next level before it unlocks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, I didn't unlock. I had, I had to go. I wasn't at that level. So now, uh, you know, I, I see the light and uh, my naked spider sense didn't, didn't spot it. Uh, so he said something. Okay, and tell me, make, make sure I didn't uh, mistake. Like, what was what number are you on on the comic book collection? Like, how many total comics do you have? Oh, well, see, okay. Now, what I was talking about was digital collection, not physical copies. I have a substantial physical um, collection. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I've been collecting since I was a kid. Um, mm -hmm. But um, what I was talking about was the digital versions of every comic that's ever existed um so like for on on just standard digital comics i'm like sixth or seventh in the country um mm -hmm. but with this public domain i'm in the top three or four so right and this is information that you don't keep quiet i mean god damn it once again well, to be you... honest, what, what to be yeah. to be honest to be honest the reason i did is because um i generally every um channel that i've been on um mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about superheroes and stuff, but it's always been from an anime and cartoon aspect. That's why when you were on um, um, Eisen's um, uh, last stream for Superman Man of Tomorrow, the conversation ended up the way it was because I asked the question, am I the only one who read comics? Because everybody was talking from an anime perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's why I never brought it up because I just, I just thought everybody was just in the anime and that was it. That's why I asked the question I did. And I would actually say that you're not wrong about that. I, I do think there are a lot of people that do prefer um, animation. I'm actually one of them. I think what happened with me was I got spoiled because I was watching Toonami and shit like that. And, you know, animation was the shit, watching fights in anime and shit. So I, tr I didn't really get deep into the manga or the comic books. The only reason I would kind of experiment with those is if I wanted to see, okay, let me see if I could read see more of a uh, material based on a, a show or whatever like bleach like bleach after you watch the animation it's like well there's more but you have to read it or just like berserk there's only a few berserk animes out there if you want to see more about berserk you have to read it so that's why i would kind of go out my way to look into that stuff or a uh, batman there's tons of batman stories that are not always on animation so if you want to look into what the character goes through in different um different scenarios you have to go into comics that's like you can't avoid it like you can't it's like you really can't avoid uh comics if you want to really explore a certain character so that's kind of the problem um but i think the other challenge is well how do you get into comics because it's kind of like anime right because if i told someone okay uh what what anime to watch i would only go based off of what i really what was really popping in the 90s which was you know everyone's in the 90s going to mention dragon ball z but for comics, it's like there's so many options. I mean, how do you start? And there's tons of fucking videos on the shit. And that's why I know it's something that a lot of people are trying to figure out. Like there's tons of you look up YouTube and say how to start reading comics. There's tons of videos on the shit. There's tons of it. So, uh, Lawrence, for you, like if you were trying to um, direct someone who's just trying to get into the game, 
what comic should they start at? Let's start with um the Bronze Age. Just go. Let's start from the top. Like, if they want to start from the Bronze Age, what should they get into? Um. Okay. If you want to start from the Bronze Age, that would be the that would be the mid late seventies. Um. Um. I would literally start with the very comic that started the Bronze Age, and that would be Amazing Spider-Man, The Death of Gwen Stacy. <clears throat> um, that's, that's, that's where I would start. Um, in addition to that, um, and that's, that's, from, that's from Marvel's side. From DC side, I would suggest, um, which is available in multiple versions of trade, trade paperback, um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, um, The Hard Luck Traveling Heroes. Um, at the time, Green Lantern wasn't selling too well, so what they mm -hmm. did is they created a, a friendship of um, of uh, him and Green Arrow uh, traveling the country with one of the Guardians of the Universe, um, because there was a moment in one of the issues when an old black man literally walked up to Green Lantern and had asked him, you know, you've traveled the galaxy, you've helped the pink skins, you've helped the yellow skins, you've helped the orange skins, how come you've never helped the black skins? Mm. Um, so those, be, so between DC with that and, and Marvel with the death of Gwen Stacy by the Green Goblin, that is when they consider those two to be the main crux of what started the Bronze Age, um, because it's when the heroes got more realistic, they started addressing more social problems in the comics, as opposed to the Silver Age, where it was just, you know, kitty kind of stories. Mm. Okay, so <clears> but I, I, but I, would, I, would, I would start with those two, and, 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 and they're available at decent prices. I mean, it's, they're not hard to find at all. So you did mention something too, is that um, some of the, a lot of the comics do have kind of history um, based storylines. So do you think uh, if someone wanted to, uh, maybe if someone was a history buff, you think most likely they would be into um, maybe some type of comics? I mean, cause could, could some of the comics that have these historical stories be kind of educational or since they're just fiction, it's, it's just based on, you know, um, the fiction. Well, actually, that actually the best person for that would be um, a, a, a former creator who used to work at both Marvel and DC, and that would be Roy Thomas. Um, Roy Thomas, before he got into comics, was an was actually a history teacher. Mm -hmm. So what he did is at Marvel Comics, he created the the Invaders first in the seventies, um, which was Captain America, Submariner, Human Torch, and it it took place during World War II, and he used actual history. Um, in those stories, uh, to not just educate, and not not just to entertain children, but to educate them too. And then he came over in the '80s and he repeated the process at DC with um, All Star Squadron, which was like a combination of miscellaneous heroes that weren't being used, um, combined with the Justice Society of America, which again also took place toward uh, in World War II. So okay, so let's let's say that okay, you, you're telling me what to check out on the Bronze Age. Uh, okay, another question. Is the Silver Age older than the Bronze? What one comes first? What age comes first? Uh, from a from a historian perspective, mm -hmm. the Platinum Age comes first, which is what you would call proto comics. That's when you would have stuff like Lee Fox Phantom in the newspaper, um, and then you had some companies who actually got into some type of comic publishing, which would be the introduction of uh, George Brenner's The Clock in nineteen thirty six. That would be considered the Platinum Age. It would be uh, the Golden Age and officially starts with Action Comics number one, 1938, which would be Superman. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> then the Silver Age would officially start with Showcase number four from DC Comics, the introduction of the Barry Allen Flash. That is the introduction. 
of, of the Silver Age. Now, the Silver Age is very interesting because there are some arguments on defining the Silver Age, because with the Flash showing up in 1956, uh, which brought the resurgence of superheroes back in the comics, you, the argument is also made that, truth be told, you can say 1961 is valid as well, because Stan Lee and Jack Kirby introduced Fantastic Four, and that's the beginning of the Marvel Universe, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, but that just depends on who you are and, and what angle you're coming at the argument from. Um, but, but that would be the Silver Age. So, the Bronze Age would be exactly what I said, um, with mm-hmm. the death of Gwen Stacy and Green Arrow, uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Um, because another one of the most important things about Green Arrow and Green Lantern uh, comic was that it, it was it was the second drug story ever introduced, and Green Arrow's ward and sidekick Speedy was a heroin addict, and the cover shows him literally uh, tying the string around his arm, getting ready to shoot up. Uh, so that's that's that. The um, the modern uh, the modern era, which they also call the Dark Age, would technically be 1985, uh, 1985, 1986, depending on, on how you want to look at it. But it's the introduction introduction of dark heroes. That's where we get Frank Miller's Dark Knight. We get Alan Moore's Watchmen. You know the standard stuff like uh, that. Watchmen. Okay. So um, my next question would be: Okay, so okay, so you've you've told you instructed the guy. Okay, hey, check this out. Check this out. But what happens if there's also the issue of, well, these legacy comics are kind of too old. Um, I need something a bit more modern, just like you said, maybe um, like the New 52 or something or the modern age like Watchmen or something like that. Do you think that um, the age of the comics uh, of the comics may be an issue for new guys who are trying to get into it because maybe they just don't like what they're looking at? <clears throat> I don't know. It's 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 personal preference because from what from what I've learned. The time, the time you read comic for 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 the first time, mm-hmm. that's when you're locked. That's when you're locked in. That, I mean, that's literally when you're locked in. Um, for me, it was the '60s. You know, I mean, my grandfather bought me a Batman comic, and it was over after that. So everything, I, so so everything I'm looking at is from a 1960s, 1970s perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I still collect to this day, but I'm always going to look at it from the first time I was influenced as a kid. That's where the memories come from and the excitement. Um, but then you have people who didn't come in until 1985. So so me growing up with Barry Allen wouldn't be the same to them, because if they came in in 1985, Wally West is their flash, not Barry Allen. OK, so you, you, you mentioned something. I'm, 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 well, not, how- I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm if, if I'm understanding the question right, but I, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. So, uh, how old were you again when you got your first comic? Oh, I was three, four years old. Okay, okay. And that was something that your your dad did on his own. No, my grandfather. Okay, your grandfather. So, mm-hmm. I think that might be also another issue too. Is that like if you don't start early with comics, it's like it kind of it hinders you in the future. Like, see, I didn't have like my, my parents. I mean, they didn't they didn't know what what the comics were and all that shit. So they didn't. They didn't know, so they wouldn't. Maybe if they have given me some, maybe I would have been into it now. Um, unlike you know, with uh, like animation, you're always kind of seeing that as a kid. You always see animation as a kid as you get older with different programs and TV. But um, if you're not giving, you're not given those comics early, like super early, like like especially with the kids. Like you know, there are some parents I'd be giving their kids mangas and shit like that early on. You know, like Pokemon, little stuff like that. Um, that could be an issue. 
maybe that's that might be a issue on how to uh, get through into the um, the whole um, gig of getting into comics. Like it could be based on the age. Like if you're getting to it like at your 20s, you might have an issue getting into it at your 20s versus if you were like, you know, five or four or three, like you said, you know, that could be an issue. Well, I don't, I, I think, the, okay, I, I think the reason why a lot of people <clears throat> aren't into comics the way uh, it used to be <clears throat> is because you have a, you have a few industry factors that come into play. Mm-hmm. You got to remember when I was growing up, it didn't make a difference if you went into Walmart, a gas station, a drugstore, um, the corner, the corner of Bordego, you know, I mean, somewhere in there, there was always a comic present, something to catch a kid's eye, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, so you walk in. And you're three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, and you see these these covers with these these powerful heroes on it and stuff. You turn around and you start begging your parents, "I gotta have it! I gotta have it!" Plus, you also gotta understand that back then it was affordable to buy a comic for a kid. Um, like I said, I've watched the dollar, I, I've watched the price of comics grow from, like I said, when I started, when they were twenty cents. You know what I mean? All the way up until now, where they're going at six six seven dollars now mind you that's within a 40 50 year span uh, span of time right um you know so so it's 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 harder to get into them because what parent has disposable income to drop down uh six seven bucks for a 22 page book that a kid is probably going to crumple up later on i mean right. you know it's, and in addition to that you can't go to a gas station and, and all that stuff to see comics anywhere so so the industry has pretty much moved away from all the places it used to get its new readers from where, you know, now, now it's a pretty much done deal where you either got to literally go to a comic shop right. um, or you got to order on Amazon. Uh, uh-huh. Amazon has its own issues because a lot of creators and publishers are upset because they, they discount the price of the book so much. They're not really making a profit off the royalties like they should. And then on the flip side of that, um, if you go to comic shops, the problem becomes, <clears throat> you know, comic shops in the last year alone, we lost 500 comic shops. Um, the last calculation that I saw nationwide is there's less than a thousand, somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, shut, they're shutting down and the pandemic shut down at least five within the last uh, six months. Um, that, and we, that, we're talking about we're talking about some guys who've been around for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Um, so, you, so, 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 so you're losing access to where you could bring a kid to see a comic, to want a comic, to desire it. So, you know, that, that makes it more difficult. Yeah, that's a good point you mentioned about the stores, because um, before, like, at least currently, um, based on the state or city you're in, I mean, you could have no comic book stores at all. I mean, even, uh, I mean, books a million, you don't see them a lot. Um, uh, Barnes Noble's barely. Um but Pacific comic book stores, yeah, you don't see that a lot. Like in Dallas, like there's actually I have like maybe three around me. But yeah, when I, especially during this current time that we're in, that store is fucking empty as shit. Like there's just a bunch of comics all over the place. Every it's just barely empty. You might see maybe two or three people in there just looking around. Um, so yeah, that, that's yeah. another issue, um, uh, for sure. And, and, it was, and it was bad. It was bad before the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. so what do you think about this? Do you think that because you know let's let's think about millennials and Gen Z when it comes to um, multitasking and kind of, you know, getting distracted a lot. Do you think it might be an also another challenge because, well, people just don't like reading. Like even I'm like one of those people that just don't like reading. Um, 
you know, my parents, you know, like I said, I used to make jokes about it with my African parents used to trap me in rooms and say, read this book, read this book for school and stuff. I think maybe it could be an issue where people just prefer animation because, well, I get to lay back. I get to just kind of chill. I don't have to focus on anything. Meanwhile, with especially with mangas, I mean, you you have you can't just go through that. You got to really take care and pay attention to each each page because you might lose something, some type of dialogue or whatever. Um, you think that could be an issue, perhaps? No, no. I you know, if you had asked me that question five years ago, I would say you're right, but I don't think so. And <laughs> I, I, and, and I'll say and I'll I'll tell you why. <clears throat> it's not an issue of not wanting to read because if that was the case, Kindle sales, Nook sales, and everything else wouldn't be at, at the levels that they are. Oh, people, okay. downloading, yeah. people downloading books, materials, et cetera, and so on, people going online for content. So, and, and, and you know, people don't just go online to watch videos, they read stuff too. So I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a question of reading. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you've lost you've lost the enjoyment of it it's difficult okay as people who read comics and get and get excited about comics and actually get into comics you get into one because of the heroes you get right. into it because of the heroes because the hero represents a, a, a grand version of not just yourself who's reading it but but of the world but of the world itself mm -hmm. and what you have now in, in the current state of comics is there's so much stuff thrown in from feminism to SJW to Black Lives Matter to Antifa to all that. It's all thrown into comics and nobody people want to people want to read stories about heroes. Right. That overcome adversity that help people that save people. They don't want ideology and politics, um, which is why the, which is why the, the, the comic market is where it's at today. Um, I think that's pretty much the real hindrance. Not that people don't want to read; people just don't want to mm -hmm. be preached. Um, okay. So I mean, that, that's the. I mean, when you used to be able to pick up a comic, and you have Superman standing on the cover with his hands on his hips and his mm -hmm. and his cape flowing, and suddenly you're now, and then suddenly now you're in a world that shows a female superhero instead of being in her superhero costume, she's standing there with a with a latte, with a mocha latte on the beach with a t-shirt that says, ask me about my feminism. I mean, oh, seriously. I mean, seriously, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, and this, and this is the state of the comics. I mean, um, as a matter of fact, Sa uh, Sana Aminat, who's one of the heads at Marvel Comics, has this panel she gets together on, on occasion where it's all female creators. Mm -hmm. So right there, we have a problem. You've eliminated male creators as a whole. Um, and that's not representative of what heroes are supposed to be. Then those very same women will sit there and literally, and you, and you can find you can find these interviews on YouTube if anybody's interested. Um, but they will literally sit there, and they would make an argument in a case about why the hero means nothing, but the villain is everything. Hmm. <clears throat> um, you know that the villain is 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 more realistic to society and. And, and, and why they should be the ones to, to write them because they understand it better. And from my oh, perspective, <laughs> and, from my, and, my, and from my perspective, and, I, and yeah. I, don't mean to be, I don't mean to bring politics in, but, this is the, but politics, unfortunately, is part of the current um, situation mm -hmm. um, when it comes to comics. But when you sit there and you say stuff like that, and your entire creative crew are females, 
mm-hmm. and you're talking about villains and the importance of them and how they understand them, what you're literally saying to people who you want to buy your books is that you believe in selfishness. You believe in it's all about me and what I want. And that's not the point of comic books. Comic books in and of themselves is a new form of Greek mythology. It is American modern mythology. That is why we have heroes. That is why we love, that is why as much as we hated Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator movie, we loved him, <laughs> we loved him even greater, even more so in the second Terminator movie when he, when he filled that Joseph Campbell arc of the hero's journey where he went from bad, learned to be different, and came out on the end being a hero. I mean, this, this, these are psychological aspects that have to be um, inferred in a hero's tale. It just has to be. So, um, so, so, so like I said, in my opinion, I think that's that's the reason why people are not buying comics nowadays and why you can't get people into it. It's just it's just not some place to go to have your escapism. So you said something, uh, you said something interesting. Um, so you said that in some, in some comic books they have Black Lives Matter in that shit. Like what 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 comics have that shit in there? Uh, it's it's pre- it's predominantly any Marvel comic you want to pick up. Um, Spider Man's Spider Man's a cuck now. Uh, Captain America has been fighting in Black Lives Matter with, with well working with Black Lives. Analogies in the story towards Black Lives Matter and Antifa have been going on in Captain America for like the past six months to a year. Um, wow. the, the ask me about my feminist agenda was, um, I believe that was Mockingbird? Mockingbird um, in the Spider-Man comic or something like that. Um, and like, like I said, Marvel Marvel is the biggest, um, the, the biggest purveyor of that sort of stuff. I did not know that shit. See, that's why I have you here to tell me. I did not know that. And well, uh, all, this, all this started around 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marvel kicked it off first. Um, DC followed, not in, not, not as heavy handed as Marvel has, but DC started maybe about 2017. But yeah, it it, it all kicked off with Marvel in 2015. So I, that kind of reminds me of um, the film Captain Marvel. Where you know <laughs> Captain Marvel was basically like a, uh, a feminist, like a strong ass feminist who was as strong as fuck, and all the men in the movie were just fucking belittled and shit. To and like the movie was, although the movie still made a lot of money, it made like one billion um, during box office. Well, I that's mean, that's 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 questionable. I'll get to that in a minute, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in the movie, it was like all the men were this weak. There was like all these puns and stuff like that, and. I remember doing a review about it and I said, well, you know, the movie's not bad, but like, man, you're really trying to just punch people in the jugular about this feminism shit. But meanwhile, you could have just done a movie like Wonder Woman, which was, I think, was a really good balance. Right. She was still strong as fuck, you know, still a good story, everything. But you had to, you know, just force it in people's faces in this one. And somehow it made money, you know, I guess hardcore um, MCU fans anyway, you know. But uh, what, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting the the two particular characters that you brought up <clears throat> because here's what's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston, okay? Um, in 1940, 1941. The mm-hmm. point of him creating that character is he wanted to show that women are superior to men. Um, this is this is this is the same guy who created the modern day lie detector. 
um, that's that's how we got the last sort of truth. He put it in there in that respect. Now, he created Wonder Woman to be his interpretation of women being stronger, more powerful, more sensitive, greater pe- people who should rule the world, et cetera, and so on, right? Right. Even with that said, Wonder Woman has become a character that everybody loves, whether you're a feminist or not a feminist, you know, right. Uh, right. Uh, whether you believe in strong women or don't believe in strong women. Wonder Woman is the greatest female superhero character ever created. There's no, there's no question. There's no argument. There's no challenge. Right. Here's the thing with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is actually Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel. She originally showed up in the 60s in Marvel 2 and 1 when they introduced Marvel, um, the original Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah. In order to stop DC from capitalizing on the name, and they did this with She Hulk as well, they made Miss Marvel. That's all. It was just a copyright and trademark thing. However, when they wrote the character, they decided to make the character a feminist because it was the times that we were in, women coming up in the 70s, second wave feminism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when Marvel died, the original, okay, Carol Danvers stayed Miss Marvel. The next Captain Marvel that came was Monica Rambeau, black female police officer from New Orleans. Okay. Okay. And from there, when she gave up the title, Carol Danvers came in and took it back. Now, here's the thing. Wonder Woman and Carol Danvers were both made from a feminist point of view. Yet Wonder Woman is loved, Carol Danvers is not. Carol Danvers is not is because unlike Wonder Woman, Carol Danvers takes every opportunity, as you yourself stated with the movies, and it's also in the comics, to diminish men at every possible opportunity. Which goes back to what I said, which goes back to what I said earlier. If the vast majority of your readership are males from 18 to 40, excuse me, from 14 to 44, what mm-hmm. guy is going to pick up that comic? Wait, okay, yeah. wait. So you're saying in the actual comic books of Ms. Marvel that what I just said in the movie was actually happening in the comics too? Oh, dude, what you saw in the movie was mild. Whoa, okay, wait. So so that's where they got it from then, <laughs> right from the source material. Not, not, as, my, as a matter of fact, it's so bad. The, the comic series has failed five times and they've relaunched it five times and it still fails. <laughs> and, and when I say five times, I'm talking about five times within six years. I'm not talking about over a 20, 30 year time period. It keeps mm-hmm. failing <clears throat> because nobody wants to wants to buy that. Mm-hmm. So wait, well, let me uh, let me share the screen real quick. And uh, for people who haven't, uh, be sure to like the video and uh, subscribe if you haven't. Just have I want to show you uh, some little. Um, so we got top comics by year. Um, we got so 1991 X Men Volume Two. Sales uh, estimated it was eight million. Uh, Nineteen ninety-two Superman action comics. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Who was eight million? They said X Men Volume Two, nineteen ninety-one. No, that's impossible. That number's got to be wrong. Hmm. It might be. You might be thinking in the thousand. No, I can't be right because I've been collecting comics a long time, and I remember mm-hmm. when Superman and all of them used to sell like fifty. Well, actually. Jim Shooter used to cancel a comic if it sold less than eighty thousand copies. He didn't play. Um, oh, and, I've been, and, and I know where. It says uh, estimated pre-orders too. Maybe it's possible, but it still it still wouldn't be that high um, because I, I know the website you're looking at. I use it as well. 
Um, yeah, yeah. But it's usually, it's usually calculated in the thousands, not the millions. That's that's why that threw me off. But um, comics nowadays, you're lucky if you break 30,000. And I'm talking about like, you know, major characters like Spider-Man, Captain America, yada, yada. The last time I checked, the only person who still does high numbers like that is Batman. Um, Batman always seems to win for some strange reason. Um, you'll have moments where he's knocked off. But um, that's what is that one that you got highlighted? I can't tell. Uh, that one's Star Wars. Oh, please. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're lying to that information. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. Wait, so you said, okay, wait, I got another one for you. So this one is um, 2020 comic book sales. So you said, uh, let me see, if you, what do you think about these numbers? What so website said, is that? This is uh, comiccron.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, Comicron. Yeah. Does this look right for 2020 uh, sales for uh, different character comics? They say number oh, one was uh, Wolverine. Yeah, I can see that with Wolverine. Um, hold on a second. Comicron. Let me get there so I can see it. Uh, oh, I can give you the link in a private chat if you want. What do you mean? You, you, want, you want the link or you were saying something? No, I was saying I was going to the site. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, no, I, says, uh, what? Okay, so, so, uh, so what I'm are you looking ahead. at? You're looking at the month of August? Um, this one says, I mean, let me see. It says uh, 2020 comic sales to comic shops. Um, it says, okay, because you, you have to understand there's two, there's two calculations. One is for comic shops. One is for Diamond. Diamond is the main distributor distributor for comics across the country and Canada. Uh, okay, so this one's this through comic shops then. Right. So 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 uh, sales through Diamond would be the ones that are actually ordered by the comic shops to sell. Okay. So how do you get to the Diamond one? Um, if you go back to the main page, um, okay, and you scroll down a little bit, you'll see latest monthly reports. And it says August 2020 comic sales to comic shops. And you scroll down a little bit more. And the very next one is through Diamond. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Let's see what we got. So does this look right? Which one did you click? Diamond? Yeah, Diamond. Okay. Diamond doesn't actually show sales. It just shows what, what, what comic shops ordered. That's it. That's all okay. it does. So uh -huh. whatever numbers you see there. Those mm -hmm. are the numbers that comic shops have ordered for them to sell in their store. It doesn't actually mean an actual an actual customer bought it. That's mm -hmm. that's that's the first thing. Um, now, comic sales to comic shops. That's 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 generally what has what actually has been sold. Now, those numbers you see usually represents thousands and that's interesting to me because they've usually been in double digits um so to see so to see them in triple digits um is interesting mm -hmm. let me read uh i'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry give me, i'm sorry give me one second uh-huh oh that's why Okay. Okay. I, okay I, I see why the numbers are higher here's the thing about uh comic readers and comic collecting Mm -hmm. When you start when you start doing special events and you start introducing key key issues that might be worth money later on, you'll get mm -hmm. these numbers. Um, 
that's why you see that batman three jokers for instance if you look at it, it says 656 order under the order index that's 656,000 copies that are are sold because it's a main event you actually get not one not two but actually three jokers from different time periods existing simultaneously that's an event book um all the batman and detective comic issues you see it's another event book because they have in um war of the joker where yeah. the joker has actually found out all the batman's secrets his identity uh the bat cave stole all his money yada 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 i, I believe that just wrapped up yesterday we're we're on, we on the same page right this is the one you're talking about august 2020 right through diamond right that's what you're looking at uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I I jumped ahead. I went to the comic sales. I'm sorry, but I'm at Diamond. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, uh, let me read the comment. So Naima said, um, "Oh no, not that one." It says I see these shows and movies that make the men super dependent on the women. It's disgusting. That's um, then why make the men incompetent of making sound decisions. I hate it, but that's what they're pushing. Right, kind of like um, that reminds me of um, Batwoman. I don't know if you saw that show, uh, Lawrence. Um, I saw a couple episodes of it, but um, uh, it wasn't worth it. Uh, did you see uh, Batwoman by chance? <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know what. No, don't get me wrong. I I know what it is. I've kept up on the news reports with it. Um, there was no point in watching it because I know it was going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And anything from uh, CW, I just kind of don't take seriously. Just to be honest, that's just me. And you, and you shouldn't. The budget is just trash. Um, fucking Black Lightning, really? Like, no. Oh, oh that's atrocious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's it's Rocky? Uh, shout out to uh, Rocky. Yo, Rocky, I'm doing your um your uh topic request tomorrow. So shout out to Rocky. You just want to email me that topic about the nerd thing tomorrow. Uh, the death of Superman also did some really big numbers. Okay. Oh, that's, yeah, that's sold in the millions. Yeah, that, that, oh, that's okay. Uh, Naima, you're talking about uh, Catwoman. Yeah, that shit was terrible. <laughs> yeah, don't don't take that shit seriously. Terrible movie. Um, terrible movie. Um, terrible. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that, 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 that shouldn't that never mind the celluloid. That never should have made it to paper. Yeah, it was. Um, that's, that's that's how bad that was. <clears throat> so, what do you what do you think about this, Lawrence? So, because of um, the uh, like all the TV shows and everything and uh, the cartoons and everything. Do you think it may be harder? Because uh, I mean, why would someone want to pick comics versus the actual TV shows? Because you have Justice League, you have all these shows coming out, all the the tons and tons of shelves of nice DC animated films. You got the Marvel films, you got the MCU, you got the DC real life um, movies. Like, what what would make someone want to pick the comics first? instead of these other options because where the comics are concerned <clears throat> the comics are the truest sense and the truest history of the character regardless of how many reboots they do it's still it's still the foundation of of, of the hero and villain's character their motivations their uh relationships with their supporting cast uh their motivations for being and who they are the entire history of, of those characters are from print what happens, however, is when you go to animation or to live action, what you have a tendency to happen is you lose a lot of the character aspects because the whole point of animation and live action is to appeal to a broader audience. See, if, 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 you've, got, if you've got a million 
uh, comic collectors, right? Mm-hmm. And you and you put out the Avengers movie, and you did it exactly as it was in the comics. Only those million comic fans will come because they understand the history and the depth oh, and, okay. and the little Easter eggs behind it. Yeah, okay, that'll limit the audience. Exactly. You know, so 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 that's why they make so many changes. Um, everything from gender swapping to race swapping to changing the entire backs. Prime example: Avengers: Age of Ultron. Right? <clears throat> okay. Uh, people liked the movie. They said it was decent. But here's right. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Ultron was not created by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Ultron was created by Hank Pym. Okay, okay Ant Man. Exactly. <clears throat> That's who created Ultron. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you get little things like that um, where they where they switch stuff, and unless you're a comic fan, you'd never know. You just think it's just part of you know like like for instance people go into an avengers movie they watch the avengers movie they come out and then they'll have a conversation with me and i'll tell them uh no this was really like this this was really like that and then they will argue me down because they saw a movie and they think they're an expert on a character that i've been tracking for 50 years you see what i'm saying yeah and then, um, and, and, and that's and, and that, that that's where you that's where you get problems but the way the movies and animation are supposed to work is that they're mm-hmm. supposed to work as a gateway. You get a kid or somebody who likes the animated show or likes the live action movie, and it makes them want to go to the comic shop to learn more. The problem nowadays is, is the characters are changed so much when that mm-hmm. person goes to the store, to the comic shop, and they buy a comic, they have no idea what's going on because the character is radically different than what they saw in the live action of the anime. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you, I want to give you like a, a question here. So, okay, so if the movie is the gateway, right, the main mission should be for them to kind of have that uh, interest to seek out, you know, going to the source material, correct? Mm-hmm. So what do you think, what percent do you think are actually doing that currently right now? What percent? This, this is, you, know, you said what number? Zero, Zero really? You don't think even mm-hmm. not five percent are are reaching out into the the comics? No, no, because you hear you you hear every publisher out there. Jim Lee, um, <clears throat> who's the publisher for DC, before him he co he was the co publisher with Dan DeDio, um, for DC. Um, Joe Quesada at Marvel. Um, um, Kevin Feige, who did who who uh, took over Marvel end of last year. Um, mm-hmm. All say the same thing. There's there's been no transference from the film to actual comics there's been none because again it's the same issue people go in there looking for uh robert downey jr's version of 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 iron man and they get a totally different thing when they go in a comic shop because that's that's not how i'm that's not that version is not the actual comic version there's some similarities of course but it's not on the level of what uh the popularity that robert downey jr brought because you think about it when you come out of the movie, you never read a comic and you want to go do it. You want that comic to look like the movie you just came from. True, 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 true. Like, just I, like I mean, because I mean, because that's why you went in the shop. You want to continue the excitement you had from the movies in print. But when you go in there and those characters are not even remotely close to what you saw in the movie, what do you do? You put the book down and you leave. Yeah, that that kind of reminds me of like, for example, like Venom. Right, everyone loved Tom Hardy and Venom. So they, they probably wanted to try to research and see what type of Venom comics were out there. And maybe they got disappointed because Tom Hardy's not in the comics. Mm-hmm. And Marvel but, started to get this little thing where they would try to get every artist they get to draw 
the character to look similar to the actor who played him. And then they started writing the characters in the fashion that the movies were. Now what you did is you just pissed off the audience you've had for 10, 20, 30, 40 years because they don't want that. That doesn't, I mean, they've been collecting from you for, for so long and now you want to bring in this version from the movies. And we don't want that. I mean, it's good to go check it out in the movie, but we don't want that on a continuing basis. So I think that happened with, um, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't that happen with Luke Cage, um, the, the actor from the Netflix show? I remember him being on a couple of the comic book covers. Was Am I right on, am I right on that? Yeah, they do that. Yeah, they do that. Wow. Both sides, both sides do it. Both sides do it. They did it in 1989 with Michael Keaton. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, really? <laughs> I, no, man, this, this goes back so long. The problem, this has been going on so long. The problem is, is that at least when it was Michael Keaton playing Batman, Val Kilmer, they left the movie version to the movie version and left it at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wanted to come in and, and then decide they want to pick up uh, comics, you know, they, they just pick up the comics for what it is. One, one didn't, one, the movie didn't force or influence the print media because the print media has been around so long. They just, you know, they knew they couldn't do that. But now it's like you, you can't, you can't have that. They, they just got to make everything like the movies. And like so, I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say. Um, oh no, no, go ahead, finish your thought. No, there really wasn't much left to it. All right. So what do you think about this? So let's say, okay, you've instructed the person to, hey, read this, read this. And then they come back and say, "Um, I don't think I'm I'm into this shit. Do you think why you think that may happen? Like, because you instructed the person to read these certain comics and maybe they tried and they just they came back and said, "Ah, I'm not into it. Does do you think that happens a lot or why does that happen? Um, I, I don't know if it happens a lot. I can't I can't say yay and nay on that. But I do think one of the problems we have is that a lot of comic fans get so excited about bringing uh, someone new um, in, into the genre, they have a tendency to overwhelm them. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. They start them off with the heavy, dense, hard stuff like Watchmen. Watchmen is not something you give to a first-time comic reader. It just isn't. It just <laughs> isn't. Same thing, same thing with Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. It's not mm-hmm. something you give a brand new reader. Um, as a matter of fact, you, you can see it plain as day. Um, um they um what was my thought? It, it, it's just too dense. You got to start them off with simpler things at the at the end of the day. You don't just drop them into the deep end of the pool. So me, like like say somebody, someone would come to me and want to like check out Superman, right? Right. The first thing I would tell them to do is go get John Burns Man of Steel for mm-hmm. for a nice, cool, you know, this is what Superman is and Superman's about, you know, uh, point of view. I I I I would give them that. Mm-hmm. I would give them that to start with. Um, you can't, you, like I said, you just can't drop them into the deep end of the pool. You, you got to start off uh, low. And if they love it, what generally happens is, is they'll come back to you, and they'll be like, "Okay, so what's next? What's next? What's next?" And they get so excited, they start delving into the character's history, and then they'll come to realize, "Okay, so this is a reboot. So what was he like before the reboot?" Then they'll start going to research that, and and, and it becomes a love and a passion. Mm-hmm. So how how about this? Um, 
So do you think, okay, because obviously, you know, as comics have, you know, come and get modernized and especially like, you know, the graphics, everything, the drawings, the illustrations are really getting really crispy and nice and fucking dope, like especially with the covers, um, the covers are looking really nice and everything. Do you think that the um, in, improvements in art style, is it helping readers um, get into the story more or into the books more or is the improved art style distracting people from actually paying attention to the story no no i, I don't i don't i don't think the artwork's distracting from the story um people people who read and collect comics understand that one goes hand in hand with the other i mean it's, it's just something we know it's just something you realize when, when when you become when you become a fan of it um i don't think <clears throat> i don't think the current crop of artists are worth a damn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that? Um, I've got, I've, I mean, I, I've got a select handful who I think are good, RB Silva, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But uh -huh. if you, if you go to Marvel, for instance, mm -hmm. and you grab any of their books, it looks like uh, middle school kids have drawn a lot of it. Now, don't get me wrong, the, co the covers look great because they pay top dollar for a good artist to make the covers look great to attract you. But mm -hmm. most of the artists Marvel have mm -hmm. are really, really bad. They have they have no they have no sense of storytelling, or or uh, how to make a, a visual reference flow from from scene to scene. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um. So 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 I, I I think I think the style is sloppy. I think it's mm -hmm. messy. I think it's lackluster. I think it's unmotivated. Um. That's my personal. That's my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think as far as it goes for art, I think art, I don't want to say art is more important than story, but I think art does edge it out because without that art, you can't get that kid to look at that cover to want it. Right. Man. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And there's we, some really dope covers out there that I'm like, whoa, right. what the hell is this? Yeah. And we, and, and, and as a matter of fact, we got a taste of that, um, in the early nineties and the importance of an artist when all the guys left Marvel and created image. Um, and that, that, that was, that was telltale right there. Um, mm -hmm. that, that the art really does matter because for quite a while, the impression was the writer was the key, but it's, 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 it's both are the key. But I think, I think the artist edges it out because like I said, that's what draws you that, that, that line art, that color palette catches your eye. And then you just want to go over there and open that cover and see what else is inside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how about this? Um, for someone who's uh, just starting out, uh, what would you think would be the best method to purchase uh, comics? Would it be this using the online stores or going to the physical comic book stores? What do you think is better? That's a trick question. Because if I tell you to go to Amazon, <laughs> and yeah. get the trade paperbacks at a decent price until you figure out what you want to do and what you want to collect. Every comic shop owner I know is going to tell me I'm not worth shit because I'm putting comic companies out of comic shops out of business. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? That's the risk. That's the risk you take. Mm -hmm. um, for, per, personally, you know, like I said, it's, if you got a comic shop around you, you know, I, I would say go in and ask them, you know, um, hey, I'm just getting into comics. Um, they'll probably ask you, so what heroes are you interested in? 
You don't have an answer. They'll tell you what kind of stories you like. If you like adventure or do you like dark? If you say dark, they'll probably lead you to Marvel. If you say you like adventure and just fun or something like that, they'll probably lead you to DC. Um, but the problem is, is that a lot of comic shops nowadays are really bad. Um, and the way they treat their customers, the way they interact with them and the way they talk to them. I, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't have to say that, but it is true. And I'm not saying all of them, but it's a pretty right. good number. Okay, so you saying and, and not know and not knowing where someone lives, I couldn't give a definitive answer on yay and nay. So my suggestion would be is just like go on Amazon, um, you know, uh, uh, look up a trade paperback for for who you're interested in, and uh, and take it from there. So do you think because you mentioned um, the comic book store experience is not that great, but was it better before or? Are you talking about this all together? It was it was always a shitty. Oh no, it was it was much better than uh, before. Oh no 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 man, look, com look comic shops. You, you know it's funny, comic shops were the secret hideout for all the nerds and geeks. You, you know what I mean? You know because when I was growing up, you had the comic guys and you had the Dungeons and Dragons guys. And guess what? We all met up at the comic shop. Because it was the only place we could be cool, we could be safe, and we can actually stand there and argue whether or not Wolverine's claws can cut through Captain America's shield. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can, right. can the Hulk really take Superman? It, it was it was a place of camaraderie, and we can be in there. I mean, I mean, we were getting some drag down arguments on characters and stuff like that, but it was always from a place of love and 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 respect because you know we you know you know I mean. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you how many fights we had. Who was better, Marvel or DC, uh, all the time? I, it, was, it was just. But yeah, comics were great back then. I mean, you know, the the, the comic shop owner will let you come in. You know, you, you, you buy a comic. It's been it's been the damn near day, the, the damn day there, just hanging out and uh, talking talking comics. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it was it was much better, much better, much much better. All right, so uh, have a good night, Naima. Uh, enjoy. Uh... The world of sleep. Enjoy that. Um, so, because I think, because um, from my experience, it's been kind of hit or miss. Like sometimes when I go, it's like some people are extremely cocky because because I don't know yes. anything. It's like, oh, they're down there, I'm to school you. They're like they're, they're trying to school me and shit. I'm like, I'm just trying to come here, you know, see what's up. You know, I may not ask the best questions. I may not know everything, but. You know, I think that might be the problem. Some people are just ready to school you and shit and, you know, try to really come at you that way. And then on the other side, there's some people that are actually, uh, you know, generally, you know, optimistic and in a good uh, mood. But maybe it's the job experience. Maybe the job experience is not that great. Um, I don't know how much well, they're well, earning or whatever. Well, the job experience is never great because they're always like half a paycheck away from being shut down. Seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I said, five, five shut down just from the pandemic alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you have a company that that literally is gonna fold from a month and a half of not doing sales, that's a bad day because every company should have some level of cash flow to support themselves, and that's in addition with a moratorium or rent and all that good stuff, and they still went down. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was it was crazy, but right. um, but a lot of the, a lot of comic shops nowadays are exactly what you said. Uh, they've got this. They've got this attitude, like you know, you can't tell me shit. Um, mm -hmm. It's my shop. I'm gonna school you. 
You ask yeah. them one question about one character, and then they want to tell you about the entire multiverse. And it's not what you came in there for because they're, they're too busy trying to impress you when, when it's not the, I, look, I have seen comic shop owners uh, uh-huh. chase my daughters out of the store because they were wow. girls. Wow. So we, so we, we still have that kind of stuff going on as well. <clears throat> and I think everybody in the chat who knows me knows that didn't end well for that shop. But, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> um, well, that's, that's definitely some fuckery. Like that's, that's stupid as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, the list goes on, you got some comic shops who are there to, you know, they're for, there for comics, they're there for gaming, they're there for trading cards, et cetera, and so on. But yet right. at the same time, um, if they if they're upset with Magic the Gathering, they'll tell anybody who plays Magic the Gathering game uh, gaming they can't come in. It's stupid. I mean, I mean, I mean, they just they just do some of the weirdest stuff. It, it just it's 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 not the same as, as when I used to go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, used to, I used to have um I used to have a shop uh, uh, in Brooklyn in Flatbush, um, Bulletproof Comics, um, um, uh, run by my man Hank, and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I used to go in that comic shop all the time. When I talk about all that, my my monthly comic purchases every month with him was yeah. easily six hundred dollars a month. Damn, that's how much I would spend. It didn't make a difference if it was comics, trading cards, uh, 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 movie videos, VHS tapes, uh, toys, uh, statues, yada 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 yada. You know, when you find your shop, you know you found your shop. You just know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I got to meet a lot of good people through there. Like uh, while I was there, Hank launched um, um, a four-issue mini comic series called The Horseman. And he had an artist uh, called Buzz. Um, and Buzz and I got to know each other really, really well. Um, and we were really cool. It was a great place. And then lo and behold, Buzz gets hired by DC Comics to draw Justice Society of America in the 90s. It was so wicked cool, you know, to have somebody, you know, boom, break in. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. And, and I just saw him um, last year um, here in Tampa. He came to the comic convention here. Man, we walked up. I saw him. He saw me. He screamed out loud. Then he saw the girls were with me. He's like, oh, my God, they got so big. You know, it's, it's just, you know, when you find your place, you find your place. And mm-hmm. with the attitude these guys are giving out to people nowadays, you're stopping people from finding their place. Not only are you stopping people from finding your place, you're stopping people from being a patron that could literally pay your bills. Right. Because right. Like, for every chick you kick out or every Magic the Gathering dude you kick out or every dude you piss off because you're trying to come off like you, like, like, like you, you know, you, you're the top dog, you you miss out on the possible opportunity of having somebody like me who has money to burn like that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, th- I mean, th- think, think about what I'm saying here. I used to do five to $600 a month at Hanks. I cover with, with that alone by myself. I covered his light bill and his water bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, if, and, and maybe a couple of lunches for his staff. I don't know, but that's, that's, that's not money. You just casually throw away because you want to have a stupid ideology. It makes no sense. It's comic books. It's not that damn serious. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's not. You know? It's, it's not that damn serious. It's not. Um, let me see. Oh, shout out to, uh, Eisen Sama for the cash app. Appreciate it. Uh, for the content. Appreciate it. Eisen as always. Uh, Mike says, and we actually, I'm glad he said this, says they are black comic books out there if you guys are interested. So, like I said, I asked you before, 
if you knew who Sean James yeah. was, you told me you knew who he was. You've been subscribed to him for a while. Um, what do you what do you think about um, when it comes to black comic book creators? Are they doing better now or how are they currently doing? Uh, if I don't know if you keep up with any of them, but how are they doing compared to <coughs> like, let me know your thoughts on this in general, black comic book creators right now. Well, um, well, as far as it goes for Sean James, I, I've been following Sean for three years. Um, his mm -hmm. ISIS series uh, is pretty decent. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not on the same par as you would be if it was Marvel or DC. Um, uh, but, you know, as far as quality is concerned, he doesn't have access to what they have access to. His stories are decent. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're the greatest, but they're not subpar either. It's, it's, it's a decent series. Um, now, as far as it goes for black publishers, here's what's interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will tell you that if it wasn't for Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cohen and the deal that they made with DC Comics for Milestone, there would never have been, excuse me, there would never have been a Black-owned comic book publishing company. Right? Mm -hmm. That's 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 what they'll tell you. What people don't realize is that there was a Black-owned publishing company, okay, since uh, in 1947. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Milestone is great. DC just relaunched them again. Okay. But I've read their, I've read their, I've read their sampler. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to do well. Because they're making every character and every story in it an SJW storyline. Right, right, right. Um, it's not going to sell. It's just not. It's just, not, it's just, it's just not, it's just not. So, and I, okay. And, and, here, and here, here's the sad part about, about black superheroes. Mm -hmm. Who would you think is the most successful black superhero ever created? Okay, here I go. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm about to take just this guess. Just, Yeah, just, just one. Just give me, just, who do you think it is? I would say Spawn. That would be correct. Haha. -ha. All right. That would be correct. In in in, in, com in comics, the most successful black character ever done is Spawn. And guess what? That's by a white boy. Ah, oh, shit. Really? Todd McFarlane. <laughs> Todd shit, McFarlane. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I knew that because he did a he did an interview, I think, and uh, a couple mm -hmm. of interviews. Shit. Mm -hmm. He's also oh. one of the he's also one of the artists that quit quit Marvel and started Image. Okay. Yeah. Now, now the second and third and fourth most popular black characters would be these. I can take a guess on that. Who? No, no, give, okay, so so give me who you think the next three are. Take a shot. I was thinking uh, Blade. Oh. Um, damn it. Uh, okay, black character. Um, I know that uh, Miles Morales? Nope. Damn. Um, Static Shock? Black Lightning? Nope. Storm? Black Lightning. Black Lightning and Storm are two of them. You got one more left. Ah, shit. Um, Black Panther. There you go. Okay. All right. Now you want. Now you want to know. Now you want to know what all those have in common. Made by white people. <laughs> there you go. Damn. Right. 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 Yeah, that's true. Spawn is Todd McFarlane. Black Lightning is Tony Isabella. 
Black Panther is Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Storm is Lynn Wine and Chris Claremont. And Dave Cockrum, sorry. Because Dave Cockrum did the physical designs. He was originally supposed to be on Legion of Superheroes. But yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yep. So there's a problem right there. Because what happens is is that as a black creator, and and, and this is not a bad thing, it really isn't. Mm -hmm. As a black creator, when you create a character and you want to put it forth to the world for them to see it and read it, that's a great thing. However, again, with the largest proponent of your readership being 14 to 44 year old white males, you cannot write a character specifically and only from a black perspective. They're not going to get it. They're not going to buy it. Because if you look at Todd McFarlane with Spawn, there's nothing in there with Spawn that's, you know, all that black experience. If you look at Black Panther, it's one of the first characters ever written, man, that a black guy wasn't just some dude from the ghetto. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they figured it out. Even Storm. Storm was a princess and a goddess in Kenya. Wait, so you're saying in all the comics of Spawn, there was no, like, you didn't have, like, a black experience? Not, not, not on the level they write it today. I mean, he was a black guy who was married with a daughter, but there mm -hmm. was none of that stuff about the woman trying to overpower him and cuck him. There was nothing about her trying to keep the kid from, from her or divorces. and it, it wasn't any of that ugly stuff. As a mm -hmm. matter of fact, the most, I, I believe the phrase we're looking for is black, black, black exploitation, as we used to call it. Um, which mm -hmm. is what Luke Cage is a prime example of. Um, so you know, we 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 didn't have those kind of storylines. You know, he you know he didn't live in Harlem where the streets were dirty and people were doing drugs all the time. It's just it just didn't become a focus of the character. Same thing with Black Panther. <clears throat> same thing with Storm. Mm -hmm. The most the most the most the closest who came to that would be Black Lightning, but Black Lightning was still different because Black Lightning was an Olympic gold medalist who after achieving that went back to school, became a teacher and he decided he wanted to come back to the community to help it out, you know? And so, so, so you have stories of drugs and homelessness and stuff like that, you know? So, so he's the closest one that would come to that. But if you look at the characters that the other three, they, they didn't focus on, on that kind of, uh, with the black experience, no ghettos, no moms on drugs, no single parent homes or anything like that. You know what I mean? So, so a lot of black creators, when they write their characters, and like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's because you write from your experience. It's, it's, it's. I totally get it. But if right. you're trying to get, but if you're trying to reach a mass audience, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to tweak your book the same way they tweak the they tweak the movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? To get everybody to get everybody as many people as possible to come buy it and make it, you know, palatable for, for everyone, whether you're mm -hmm. a comic fan or not, whether you're black or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. So now that we've I meant, mentioned spawn, uh, what do you think about um, the rumor of Jamie Foxx being spawn for the next spawn movie? Well, Jamie Foxx has been trying to make that happen for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Where it stands right now. I don't, I don't know because I do know he just signed, with Disney to come back as Electro for Spider for the next yeah right yeah right gonna be in Spider Man three <laughs> right right <clears throat> um, which is weird um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a horrible job the first time with Andrew Garfield I don't know why 
why you want to do it again? But from what I hear, they're going to be doing the whole multiverse thing like Doctor Strange. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. maybe so maybe Electro came over from that universe into this one. I don't, I don't know. Um, mm. But um, Jamie Foxx, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I don't see it. I, I, I honestly, I don't see it. Um, yeah, um, he doesn't. I think he doesn't. He doesn't have. He doesn't. He doesn't have the gravitas. Does that make sense? Explain it, please. He doesn't. He he doesn't. He doesn't have the acting chops. He doesn't have the 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 the, the bearing on himself to carry a character of such weight, such drive. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I it, I just I I I, I can't see it. I, I just I can't. I can't see it. And I'm not saying he can't do it. He might. I don't know, but. Right now, right. personally speaking, from everything I've seen over his career, he just doesn't have that ground. He just he just doesn't have that weight to him to pull it off. Yeah, like for me, like his best um, movie, I would say, was Collateral, and maybe the Ray Ray Charles biopic, and I think that's pretty much it for me. I mean, everything else is kind of like all over the place. I don't know about you. But what do you think? What is right. what's his best film? Say wait, say that again. Uh, what do you think is what what is his uh best what's film? Yeah, best film, yeah. Well, that's gonna be Ray. Yeah, yeah. I mean Ray, yeah, Ray was good. Ray was good. But it was a, yeah, it was I mean, a wild pace. I mean, I mean I mean, seriously, I mean if you look and like I said, I'm not saying he's bad. He's been he's been decent in other stuff, but the pinnacle the pinnacle is Ray. There's a reason the man got an Oscar for it. <clears throat> um but like I said, it would everybody see here's the here's the problem with Disney and, and the MCU. Mm-hmm. Once people realized the, the level of success that came with it and they realized how much money the other actors were getting for being in it. Everybody wants to be in a superhero flick now. Yeah, because yeah, it's right on the resume. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every everybody wants to be in one now. Everybody wants to to to, to have on a resume they did a movie with a billion dollars. Um but people don't understand the stuff Marvel had to go through for 20, 30 years before they got to that level. You know, like, like like the saying goes, Stan Lee said it himself. Well, yeah, we can make decent movies. We can make decent Marvel comic movies now because technology finally caught up with us to pull it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, uh, uh, Eisen, I, I, I honestly don't know who should play Spawn. I mean, if I had my way, I would definitely bring back Michael J. White. The man is awesome. But his acting, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would say... Um, any this I think the actor has to be young. Uh, maybe they can find some talent somewhere for uh Spawn, but I think young is better to go. This this in case you know there's a trilogy or something. You know who knows if the first movie does well and then we get the second one. I'm just saying like I don't think having having to use an old actor. I'm like uh, I don't I don't really uh, like that. I want some new talent. So I think a new new face for Spawn would be preferred in my opinion. No, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I just said Michael J because I remember him in the first one. Yeah, but it, it, it definitely has to be that definitely has to be a young guy. <clears throat> um, and I would say go with an unknown, but they won't because they want star power to bring people in. So the question right. becomes, you know, who else? Um, I, and everybody I've got in my head aren't young enough to pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, 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 Chidwell, um, he would be good. He, he, uh, he, I would say, um, is that the? Well, I mean, I'm thinking about the guy who was in uh, Queen and Slim. Uh, that that dude, he could do it. I mean, he's young; he's not too old. The guy who was in um, Get Out. 
Oh. Hmm. I mean, he's young. I mean, he could probably do it. I hate to say this, but they won't give it to him because of the way he looks. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they might want. I don't know. He, he's he's dark skin. I mean, I don't know if they were going to give that to uh, Spawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so how about this? Uh, my next question. Um, for so for someone who's you know, like I said, uh, scenario, someone starting out in comics, um, mm-hmm. what would be the best method to trade? Like, if he wants to trade his comics, where what what where how should he do it? Should he be what what's your process when it comes to trading comics? Or do you still trade? Do you trade at all? Uh, yeah, but. I do it rarely, but I do. Um, it depends mm-hmm. on the age. Um, if you're just a kid, man, you know, just you know, you work it out like you do in the lunchroom, man. Yeah, here's a comic, you give me your snack back, you know. I mean, I, I mean, we used to do, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we used to do. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but it just it just depends on um, what age, what age bracket you're in. Because mm-hmm. when, when you get older, it doesn't become about trading anymore as it is about collecting and buying and selling. Um, so you, you, you take the book and you get, you get, you get the ratings from, um, CGC, um, mm-hmm. to make sure your books of high quality, you get it sealed <clears throat> and then you put it up, um, uh, through them and they'll take it through an auction house and buy it, you know, buy and sell it for you. And, you know, they'll get their cut for doing it and you get your money. Um, that's, that, that's the way it is now. Um, but, um, like I said, it just, it just depends on what age you are. If you're just a kid, man, it ain't, it's no big deal, man. Just trade one comic for another comic with a friend. Right. You know, I mean, you're, you're sitting there with Captain America. He loves Captain America. He's got two Batmans. You love Batman. Okay, I'll trade you my cap for those two Batmans. It's, you know, just what kids do. You just reach, you just trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mike says uh, he don't fit the character of the guy from Get Out. Yeah, I agree. I was just taking a guess. Um, if if you if they go young, they could go with Bill again, Michael B. Jordan. Well, here, here's the thing: why I I didn't want to uh, mention those two actors. They're doing too much anyway. Um, they're doing too much. Like we need someone else. You get what I'm saying? Like I I, I like Michael B. Jordan, although when he did Human Torch, that shit was ass. But I don't blame him. It's not his fault. Um, you know he's doing well. And uh, Killmonger was great. Uh, Bioga, I mean, he, John has to take an L for what he said about his Star Wars shit, complaining about his Star Wars, whatever. I get it. Though. Wait, 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 I, I, I wanted him. To, Wait, why's he got to take? Why's he got to take the L? What he said was true. Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree that it was false advertising, right? I mean, I thought I really thought he was going to be a Jedi too, but it's like, yo, man, you got like a three trilogy deal, all that money, all that thing on your resume, and why complain about it when you can just, you know, um, move on to the next movie, the next uh, opportunity? Well, here's the thing. Uh huh. The original, the original script, and the offer that was made to him. Okay. Was that yep. he was the main star? Him and Adam Driver, they were the main stars. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that's 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 what he was sold. That's why he took it. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, and, and 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 then and then sections of the story were taken out because there were supposed to be sections of the story where him and Luke mm-hmm. uh, Luke Skywalker Skywalker was training him huh. to be the next Jedi. You know, there, there's, there, there are certain scenes. If you look, he's in the black outfit that Luke wore at, at the end of Return of the Jedi. There's a reason for that. That's how the story was originally supposed to go. You know, until Kathleen Kennedy got in there and she started to do her, you know, girl power thing. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden, Ray becomes the main focal point of the story, and then Finn is regulated, you know, 
to, to yeah. not, barely, not even secondary character, tertiary and, and onward. Um, got less and less screen time as time went on. Um, made him a cuck, you know, and then on top of that, let's be realistic. Let's yeah. be realistic. After everything that happened with those movies and the way they continually, continuously lost money each time, really, would mm-hmm. you want that on your resume? And we haven't uh, even gotten we haven't even gotten into the colorism and racism thing in China. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, this disclosure did take a hit. Like, it, um, I didn't like it. I mean, I I wasn't really a fan of it. Um, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, but I mean, at least he got the money. I mean, but I, I didn't know. Like, you just I just heard this now from you that I didn't know that. So that, that mm-hmm. I mean, now I know. Um. So okay. So how like have you done any type of like um auction comic book scenarios or anything like that of have you dealt with auctioning when it comes to comic books auctioning my own or be or you just mean being at an auction just being at an auction oh yeah i've been at a couple of times so how is that is that like some type of extreme experience are people really like putting a lot of dough on a certain comic book or something like that well it's not an extreme experience as far as it goes for people acting batshit crazy i mean it's just it's it's like any other it's, it's like any other auction room you know, you go in there, you sit down, you got your paddle, they say the number, you raise it, you know, you keep you compete against other people. As far as it goes for people uh, dropping big money on it, hell yes. Okay, so how big are we talking? Well, you, well look, you look, you, well, you've seen, you've seen Action Comics number one with Superman barely a decade ago sell for double digit millions. You know, uh, it's, uh, Batman was Batman number one was one point something million. Uh, yeah, these guys are dropping money. As a matter of fact, um, they're buying up some hardcore issues now. The the backstock market has been moving real hard, real fast. These guys are not playing. They know it's a downturn in the economy. People are desperate to sell their stuff, so they're going in hard right now. Wait, so do you think that there's people that are collecting just because of the the investment, maybe, maybe that what they can get in the return after they sell their collection off? Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's no different than anything else, whether it be stocks, bonds, whatever. I mean, you know, um, the problem with it, though, is that with, when, like anything else, when collectors come in, you get also you get speculative markets, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you get that, you start getting stuff that's overpriced and what it should have sold. So if Superman's worth two million because of the current market and speculators being in, they'll say it's worth four million, and then people mm-hmm. will go out and buy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then when they're ready to sell later, they come to find out it was overvalued. Overvalued and overpriced. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 that was it. Overvalued and overpriced. That's it. Okay. Uh, Rocky says, high-level comic book trades be set up like a drug deal. You got to have bodyguards and all have been a warehouse by the docks. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know about the old abandoned warehouse. No. The bodyguards, yes, you do. Really? Dude, you just bought a book worth $2 million. You really don't walk out of there by yourself with it in a bag? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um. So wait, so you're saying there's actually people here who are watching tutorials on how to build a collection and shit just to get some money, like just to make some money and not yeah. have the interest in comics at all. Just, just, just for the money. Yes. Okay. That's, that's, see, that's, 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 that's why the comic industry almost imploded in the 90s because that's exactly what's happening now is exactly what happened then. 
you know, mm-hmm. like like for instance, when Jim Lee was working at Marvel, okay, he did they relaunched X Men, X Men number one. It sold mm-hmm. over a million copies. There hadn't been a book that did that since Superman, going decades back. And when 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 people who weren't in the comics saw that, and then the impact of the guys from Image Comics and their books were selling crazy numbers like that as well, people started looking at it as an investment deal because somebody told them how Action Comics number one is worth this. So they figured, okay, well, if this is popular, let me buy it now. And then the prices started going up because collectors in the speculator market came in. The problem they don't they didn't understand is that, first of all, the only reason Action Comics number one sells in the millions is because of its rareness, because it's because of its rarity. That, that That's one of his primary things. The most important is, of course, it's the first appearance of the granddaddy who kicked it off, Superman. But the second most important thing is rarity. But every look. There are only four actual valid certified copies of Action Comics number one still in existence from 1938. Of course, it's going to sell at high prices. The scarcity of it. Mm-hmm. What is the scarcity of X Men number one when there's a million copies of it out there? There's, okay. <laughs> there's, okay. there's, no, right. there's no scarcity. There's, there's none. And there's no first appearance in anybody because everybody in the X Men had already showed up from the 60s. So, mm-hmm. so, 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 so there's no first appearance, there's no scarcity. But because it sold a million dollars, you want to get in on it, only to find out years later it's not going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know? for someone who wants to start doing collecting, what do you think is the best way to start out? Like I said, just just pick one character that you like. You know, um, I would I would and I would pick something. If you really want to enjoy yourself and just have some good fun comics, I would pick mm-hmm. a character and then pick anything that character, anything published by that character starting in the eighties. That would be my personal thing. Eighties and the nineties. Okay, and when it comes to like uh, like you said, like uh, trading or selling. Is selling like because do you sell your comics online too? Since you have an online collection, do you just sell them online as well? No, okay. no, some, someone someone tried to get me to do that um, a couple of years back, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm a collector, but I'm not a collector if that makes sense. I don't collect because I'm trying to make a profit, I collect because I'm keeping them, I like them. I want <laughs> yeah, them. right, right. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so a lot of people will be, you know, I'll get emails like, yo, do you have a copy of this? Yada, yada, yada. I've been trying to find it. I can't find it anywhere. You know, if you got a copy, would you be willing to sell it? And I'm like, dude, no. And then I'll get people upset with me. Well, you're just trying to hoard comics because you're trying to sell them off later on. Dude, I'm not trying to sell anything. I still got the same comics I had as a kid. Trust me, I got <laughs> comics that are worth money. It's not about the money. Wait, okay. So how about this? Um selling a comic the digital versus the physical, what one what what one is more valuable? Physical, of course. Okay. Physical, of course. Digital 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 comics have no value except that you love comics. Honestly. Okay, okay, okay. Because again, where's the scarcity in it? Right. You can just right. you, I you're, mean you can make a copy. Yeah, you can make a copy of that file and send it to somebody. It, it, there's, it, there's no scarcity to it. So mm-hmm. physical is always gonna carry more weight. Always. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned the, the, the films um before. Uh what's your thoughts on how 
the films have converted from uh, comics. Uh, you know, I think the big one that for me, at least for my generation, was uh, the original Spider-Man by uh, Sam Raimi. When that shit came out, I mean, niggas were just addicted. And then we got Iron Man one. Uh, but what what are your thoughts on how um, do you think comic book movies are getting kind of um, dried out? Or because this is a spam of movies now. Now it's like every year we're getting something. Well, we're getting like at least three to four superhero movies each year. Do you think uh, eventually? they'll kind of tire down or maybe because the supply demand is so high, they'll keep going. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, it, it'll dry down. Every, every generation has had that problem because it's over, it's oversaturation. It mm -hmm. happened in the, it happened in the forties with the movie serials, you know, everything from Kirk Allen playing Superman to the Batman and Robin black and white to Captain Marvel and so on and so forth. It, it, it'll eventually die down. It always does. Same thing. <clears throat> the same process happened in the seventies where Marvel tried to put a whole bunch of stuff on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the only mm -hmm. thing that stuck and the only thing that stuck was um um the the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh the, the same the same process happened in the late seventies when Christopher Reeve came on with Superman. They tried it, it died out. The process repeated again in nineteen eighty nine with Michael Keaton playing Batman. It went on for a little bit. People started putting out Tank Girl and, 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 and all these other movies like Barbed Wire and all that stuff. And it died down. Um, this, this, would, this would Disney and, and the MCU um, is the longest it's carried forward. Right. Ten the years. Longest, longest, yeah, ten, uh, yeah, ten, yeah, ten years. Um, but I think <laughs> I, I, I think the fatigue is starting to, is starting to drop in. Uh, I think the I, I it, it, and I tell you something else too. Not only is the fatigue dropping in, but if Marvel, if Disney is serious about the direction they're taking the MCU, it's going to crash and burn. Because like yeah. I got, I got to tell you, you look at some of the storylines, and and here and here's the thing about being a comic fan. Yeah. When when Kevin Feige gets on stage and he makes announcements for his new movies, and he starts introducing the actors and actresses and the storyline information. Mm -hmm. You know right out because you know the history of those characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know so and so is not supposed is, is a grown seven foot something man, not no five foot two Spanish speaking woman. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know that their origin story is coming from a different galactic, uh, a different galaxy, and right. and you're trying to say they're earthbound, and you know. Uh, for the love of the people, you you just know it's wrong right out the gate. <laughs> you can see it coming, you know. But for every, but for everybody else, the vast majority of people who gave them, who get, who helped them build Phase One through first Phase Three and make it profitable, those fans are not going to buy into this. Mm -hmm. At least, at least, at least not on the level they did with the with with the previous phases. So, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what the next. Um like let's say 10 years was going to be like because i think at the end of the the 10 years there were some movies that kind of just like and eh, whatever trying to kind of like um for me it was like ant-man 2 that shit was fucking terrible um that shit was trash um that shit oh, oh you doing my ant-man and the wasp yeah that shit was just yeah. shitty i mean um so obviously um like then we have black widow that's coming out um hopefully we'll see what that's gonna make uh, we got what else? We oh, Wonder Woman coming. I don't think Black Widow is going to do well because here's the problem. <coughs> mm -hmm. 
even for a female character, Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson's portrayal was 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 um, very beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people like that character. And so what you have here is you have people, first of all, they're pissed off you killed off the character. Then in right. addition to that, you've had ten you've had ten years to give her her own movie. Why would you give her one after she's dead? And in addition to her being dead, it's a story that happens in the past prior to her death. Right. I've heard I've heard a lot of people complaining about that. A lot of people complaining. Yeah. Um, not about that at all. And here's the here's the weird part. Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson playing the Black Widow. There was a Black Widow movie made, but it wasn't that. Go look at Jennifer Lawrence in something called The Red Sparrow. If that ain't a Black Widow movie, I don't know what is. Oh, okay. I okay. I'll I'll look that up because I I do recall that 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 movie title. Um, oh, you yeah, you got to check that think, out. I don't think it made a lot of money though. No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, but but still, if there was ever a Black Widow movie, that was it. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, I'm, ser- I'm serious. The the storyline, the acting, the 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 plot lines, the yo that. That should have been Scarlett Johansson, and uh, you know Marvel should have just bought that script. That was a Black Widow flick, if there ever was one. <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna check that out for sure, man. I'm definitely going to um, check that out. Um, can I um, can uh-huh. I ask a question real quick? Um, yeah, I'm looking at something um, Rocky N had put in there about digital verification. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they had tried that. They had they had they had tried that, um, and it didn't work well at all. To the point that um, if you go to Image Comics, they give a whole bunch of their stuff away from for free because they just they just gave up on it, man. <laughs> you know, whether you go to Comicsology, there's 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 no digital verification or anything like that. They they tried it. They tried that. Um, when did they they rolled that out? Like 2010, 2012, somewhere between there. It lasted all of four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they tried, and they tried to do it on a variety of things, not just comics, but on prose and other books and stuff. It, it just didn't, it just didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let me see. Uh, I think that's. I mean, that uh, you pretty much answered all my questions. And uh, um, you're uh, you're gonna be my uh, comic book guy, I guess, for now, because you're basically the comic book guy of the Manosphere, I guess. <laughs> Without uh, unless no, someone. I, I, else- Unless someone else is gonna randomly come out of nowhere, and say, oh well, I have this many collections, and I don't know. But why? Well, I don't. I don't think so because because I know I know I've heard I've heard certain people uh-huh. when, they're, when they're talking make references and comments that lets me know that they read comics. Uh, um, okay. uh, like MOT, for instance. MOT will make a reference that I know you couldn't make that <laughs> reference unless you read comics. I just. I oh, mean, I just. Okay. So so yeah. <laughs> That's like with me with anime and shit. Like I'll know who who's watching what based on the reference. Yeah. Okay, okay, I yeah. get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah, because he'll make a joke about somebody that's annoying him or something like that. He'll make a, a really, really obscure reference. You, there's no way you could have did that unless you read the comics. There's no way. So, mm-hmm. so I, so I know, I know he's one. And there's somebody else he had on one of his streams who did the same thing. I'm not sure if it's Nagone or not. I could be wrong. <clears throat> but I, but I know I've heard MOT do it a couple of times. So I know he reads comics. I know he does. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he's still into him, I don't know, but I know he read him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that's pretty much that's uh, that's pretty much all I had for you, uh, Lawrence. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we uh, we end the show? Mm, no, not unless anybody wants to ask me any questions. Um, but 
to the best of my knowledge, that's that's all I got. <laughs> so hey man, but hey man, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um like I said, uh you're always welcome here. And this is your first time on the show. So this is definitely not gonna be your last. And I'll probably see you around, I'm sure. Um on oh, yeah. Aegon's channel. But uh it was good to have you on, bro. Well, I've been in your chat a couple of times watching your stuff. Um uh, with uh what's her face? Um with the Matrix thing. Oh yeah, 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 Sophia. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I'm, main, I'm, I'm gonna maintain my cool. I'm gonna maintain. My cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm past that interview. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it's always a delight to have you on. And um, like I said, you're always welcome to on the Nerd Pill. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm definitely showing up for that next one on uh, the nerd, the nerd, uh, the nerd thing you guys. Oh set yeah, up. tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yep. Tomorrow is uh, the misunderstandings and definition of nerds in 2020. Yeah, so I'll definitely add you to the email. And yeah, that's the open panel. So everyone who's interested, yeah, that's going down at 4 p.m. East uh, Central tomorrow. Yep. So I'll see you tomorrow then. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there for that one. Most definitely. All right. Man. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Good. Well, it was it was a pleasure. Um, shalom to everyone in the chat, and thank you very much, so provider, for having me on. It was fun, and um, I look forward to coming back. Sounds good, man. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Oh, and one last thing. Hashtag mm -hmm. first. I always gotta say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, bro. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. All right. So uh, I want to thank everyone who came uh, in the chat. I know there's a lot of streams going on. Um, I know there's a lot of shit going on today, but shout out for everyone who came through. Uh, Rocky, Eisen, and Specialist. Oh, what's going on, bro? Um, Mike, uh, let me see. Let me see. Who else? Checking for you. Um, Naima was here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oh, uh, good men. Shout out to you for coming through. Black Root, Blasi Blah. I know, of course, uh, Grande. Shout out for you coming through. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow we got the uh, Misunderstandings and Definition of Nerds in 2020. That is a open panel, so anyone can come through. Um, that's at 4 p.m. Central Time. And also, quick shout out to um, uh, Will Legacy. So the intro that you heard in the beginning of this video was actually produced by Will Legacy. Will Legacy actually contacted me on IG um, and said, hey, you know, I have some beats, I have some songs, check it out. So, hey, I checked out, he gave me a couple songs and I listened to them and they're pretty fucking dope. So shout out to um, Will Legacy for the music. Uh, if there's any other artists or out there who are into who do beats or instrumentals, be sure to email me and I can have your shit in my intros and outros. So shout out to Will Legacy. You can check out um, his website in the description. Uh, so definitely check that out. And also I wanted to do a kind of a Halloween special at the end of the month. So um, in the comment section, if for people who are watching the playback, be sure to mention uh, each person put a movie that you really want to see. And at the end of the month, we'll do like a Zoom room or something and we can watch that movie. Um, I'll just send like an email out to everyone to join the Zoom room. We can pick whatever movie we want to watch. So that's kind of like a Halloween special. I, th I think that was a good idea by uh, Dane. Dane Dane actually had that idea. 
So in the comment section after this video, put your favorite Halloween movie in the comments and then people, I want people to vote. So we'll keep that going through the end of the month and then we'll do that Halloween special at the end of the month. Um, we got the interview with Space Ghosts on Friday. So uh, I'll see you guys there. And uh, like I said, um, appreciate you guys coming through. Um, be sure to like the video as you come out. But anyway, guys, that's it. Have a good one and peace out.